Chapter Forty Five of Howarth's. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Howarth's by Francis Hodgson Burnett. Chapter Forty Five. It is worse than I thought. A week or so later, Saint Merrin went away. French informed his partner of this fact, with a secret hope of its producing upon him a somewhat softening effect. But Howarth received the statement with coolness. He'll come back again, he said. Let him alone for that. The general impression was that he would return. The opinion most popular in the more humble walks of Broxton society was that he had gone to get his in ready, and hey the papers drawed up and that he would appear some fine day with an imposing retinue, settle an enormous fortune upon Miss French, and having been united to her with due grandeur and solemnity, would disappear with her to indefinitely foreign parts. There seemed to be little change in Rachel French's life and manner, however. She began to pay rather more strict attention to her social duties, and consequently went out oftener. This might possibly be attributed to the fact that remaining indoors was somewhat dull. Howarth and Murdoch came no more, and after St. Merrin's departure a sort of silence seemed to fall upon the house. French himself felt it when he came in at night, and was naturally restless under it. Perhaps Miss French felt it too, though she did not say so. One morning, Janie Brierly, sitting nursing the baby in the doorway of the cottage, glanced upward from her somewhat arduous task to find a tall and graceful figure standing before her in the sun. She had been too busily engaged to hear footsteps, and there had been no sound of carriage wheels. So the visitor had come upon her entirely unawares. It cannot be said she received her graciously, her whilom admiration had been much tempered by sharp distrust very early in her acquaintance with its object. "'Art thou coming in?' she asked unceremoniously. "'Yes,' said Miss French. "'I am coming in.' Janie got up and made room for her to pass, and when she had passed, gave her a chair, very much overweighted by the baby as she did so. "'Does the want to see mother? If your mother is busy,' You will serve every purpose. The housekeeper told me that Mrs. Dixon was ill, and as I was passing, I thought I would come in. Janie's utter disbelief in this explanation was a sentiment not easily concealed, even by an adept in controlling facial expression, and she was not an adept. But Miss French was not at all embarrassed by any demonstration of a lack of faith which she might have perceived. When Janie resumed her seat, she broke the silence by an entirely unexpected observation. She touched the baby delicately with the point of her parasol, very delicately indeed. I suppose, she remarked, that this is an extremely handsome child, this with the air of one inquiring for information. Nay, he is not retorted Janie unrelentingly. He's good enow, 
but he never were hurt we good looks none on em were and he's fussed out a lot i should think thou could see that for thyson oh replied miss french then i suppose i am wrong my idea was that at that age children all looked alike like him said janey dryly did the think as that did as the young Briarly in question was of a stolid and unornamental type uncertain of feature and noticeable chiefly for a large and unusually bald head of extraordinary phrenological development this gave the matter an entirely novel aspect perhaps said miss french i scarcely regarded it from that point of view then she changed the subject how is mrs dixon she inquired she's nayther better no worse was the answer and a more to trouble that is unfortunate who cares for her mother she's the only one as can do out wi her is there no one else she has a fancy for your father for instance inquired miss french she can abide the sight o him and he's feart to go nigh her the only man as she ever looked at ward murdoch answered janey i think i remember his saying she had made friends with him is she as fond of him now i do not know if i could caw it being fond of him she is na fond o nobody but she says he's getting a bit more sense than the common run it is rather good-natured on his part to come to see her he does na coom to see her he has na been nigh the house for a month he's been ill hissin or summat he's up and about but he'd gettin a face loike death the last toime i seed him happen he's goin off loike his feather how is that did na then know with some impatience as he went crazy over summat he were makin and deed cause he could na make it out to finish it it's the very thing murdoch took up his sin and the strikers were so set again i think i remember there was a story about the father do you think he is really ill murdoch ay i do Mackless noise thomas henry this to the child that is a great pity ah there is the carriage one of her gloves had been lying upon her lap when she stood up it dropped she bent to pick it up and as she did so something fell tinkling upon the flag floor and rolled under a table it was one of her rings janey brought it back to her it mun have been too large for thee she said or thou'rt getting thin seems like thou'rt a bit different to what thou were with a glance at her never mind that she answered sharply as she handed her some money give this to your mother and she dropped the ring into her purse instead of putting it on again and went out to her carriage janey stood and watched her she's a bit thinner or summat she remarked but she need not mind that it's genteel now to be thin 
and i do not know as it had hurt her rachel french went home and the same afternoon murdoch came to her for the last time he had not intended to come in his wildest moments he had never thought of going to her again but as he passed along the road intending to spend the afternoon in wandering across the country he looked up at the windows of the house and a strange fancy seized upon him he would go in and ask her the question he had asked himself again and again it did not seem to him at the time a strange thing to do it looked wonderfully simple and natural in his strained and unnatural mood he turned in at the gate with only one feeling that perhaps she would tell him and then it would be over she saw him come up the path and wondered if the man at the door would remember the charge she had given him it chanced that he did not remember or that he was thrown off his guard she heard feet on the stairs in a few seconds and almost immediately murdoch was in the room what she thought when being brought thus near to him she saw and recognized the dreadful change in him god knows she supported herself with her hand upon the back of her chair she rose there was a look in his face almost wolfish he would not sit down and in three minutes broke through the barrier of her effort at controlling him it was impossible for her to control him as she might have controlled another man i have only a few words to say he said i have come to ask you a question i think that is all only to ask you a question will you tell me he said what wrong i have done you she put her other hand on the chair and held it firmly will you tell me she said almost in a whisper what wrong i have done you she remained so looking at him and he at her with a terrible helplessness through a moment of dead silence she dropped her face upon her hands as she held the chair and so stood he fell back a pace gazing at her still i have heard of women who fancy themselves injured he said planning to revenge themselves upon the men who had intentionally or unintentionally wounded their pride i remember such things in books i have read not in real life and once or twice the thought has crossed my mind that at some time in the past i might in my poor ignorance have presumed or blundered in some way to anger you and that this has been my punishment it is only a wild thought but it was a straw to cling to and i would rather believe it wild as it is than believe that what you have done has been done wantonly can it be is it true no but she did not lift her face it is not no then it is worse than i thought he said the words slowly and clearly and they were his last having said them he went away without a backward glance End of chapter 45
Recording by John Brandon.